Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I don't have time to take a long time to poop. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. I just realized what my voice fry sounds like. Oh, yeah, is it good? I don't usually have that big of a fry on my voice. You know about the voice fry, right? I've heard about it. I truthfully don't know much about it, but I know it's the term. Apparently, a lot of millennials are speaking with this, like, gravelly fry in their voice. And it, it's bothering a lot of the older generation. Millennial women? Or is it across the board? Okay, because yes. that's what I've heard it associated millennial with, is women. Is women. yeah. It's like, you remember Valley Girls? Yeah. And how Valley Girls would talk. That's the same kind of thing. Like, oh my gosh, you're talking like a Valley Girl, but oh my gosh, you're talking with a vocal fry. <laughs> Weird. So it's it's an intent, oh, that's what people say, is that it's an intentional, like... They think it's an intentional thing, but I think it's just, um, you sort of sink in, you're around it a lot, and so you start to, you know, you start to assimilate into the vocal fry. So it's like a gravelly... Mon, mon is it a monotone or not it it like when i said manic rambling spiral like uh, there's like a uh, like a gravelly fry because i've usually heard fries. it referenced in a negative way like an insult yes yeah there was a whole episode or a part of an episode of, of this american life that talked about it where a, a reporter was not taken seriously because she had a vocal fry that she couldn't help it's just the way she talked so they wouldn't let her report her, it was on the radio, and they wouldn't let her report her research because they didn't like the vocal fry. Anyway. Interesting. That has nothing to do with this show at all, actually. But, <laughs> you know. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is, have you ever experienced, this is going to be a completely spiraling episode. Because when we before we got on, uh, we said maybe we would talk about the different ways we discipline, especially right. with me coming into a home where I have never disciplined his children and he's never disciplined mine. And you both presumably discipline different or have different theories about it or whatever. So how do those combine? How do they yeah. balance? Last week, I was going to mention, I was going to write about this yesterday, but I got sidetracked in talking about the girls and what it's like to have two dueling sisters <laughs> who who know how to push each other's buttons every day and it's like good god and then they also know how to get along flawlessly yes yeah yeah have you ever experienced a physical shutdown of your body a physical shutdown uh-huh as in like this sudden depletion of energy like a, like so sudden like the depletion is so draining that you lie down and you don't even remember lying down because you your body just gives out. I don't know that I've experienced it to that degree. I mean, I think I go, go, go so constantly 
Uh-huh. That what will usually happen is after a certain period of time, I'll find myself sitting down or, or laying down for some reason and just like physically unable to change that position. Yeah. Like at all. I just last night I plugged my phone in and needed to make a call. And you know that the charging cords are so damn short. <laughs> so I sat on the floor and then finished my call and then laid down on the floor like in the corner behind the sofa by a bookcase. Like there's there's no reason to be laying there. And I was just laying there and Lexton had been in the shower and he came downstairs and he's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know, I just laid down for a second. And as I was laying there, I'm like, it's probably been more than a second though. Now that I think about it, it's been a while. But I was just, didn't actually want to move. I can buy you a longer cord. You can get them in six feet long options. I know. I think this was, I actually, I'm reasonably sure I have like a six or a nine foot one, but it was the closest cord. So Mm -hmm. I really chose to tether myself to the wall. So you found yourself on the floor unable to move and you're like, this feels good down here. (laughs) Yeah. Like the sitting was great. And then I finished the call and I, I, and the way that I was laying down, it looked like someone had walked up to me and just pushed me over. I wasn't (laughs) laying down. I just like flopped over on the side. I'm like, this'll do. This is fine. It was dark out and the house was quiet because he was in the yeah. shower. So it was, it was great. So I don't yeah, know if that's I, exactly what you're talking about, but that idea of just all of a sudden succumbing to like, yeah, total exhaustion. Well, it, I turned in my book a week ago. I like, I had to finish some edits and find some missing things and I turned it in. And then I, then I had to lead ahead an orthodontist appointment one morning at seven thirty, And like, there was all this other stuff that I had to catch up on. And so by Wednesday afternoon, like I started to feel, it felt like a strange drug sensation. Like all of a sudden, like somebody had drugged me and it was hard for me to like stand up and like it was it was like physically I was so tired that even sitting down was hard for me and it just hit like all of a sudden it yeah it just hit and I was able to push through and then Thursday was just a crazy day and Thursday night I they had piano lessons and then a group lesson and so, so like Thursday night was just bonkers so Friday night we're sitting with my girls at dinner and I just looked over at him and I was like, I don't feel so good. And he's like, won't you go lie down and I'll take care of everything, which is amazing. That's pretty great. Yep. And I thought, okay, I'll just go lie down for 10 minutes. I don't remember. I don't even remember lying down. And I passed out for three hours. Oh, wow. This is a, this is a Friday night. Yeah. So you have, So only three hours. So then you wake up and it's still night. I wake up, it's still night. I'm completely disoriented. I have no idea what day or what time it is. And I wake up, I run and I go and I'm like, where's Marlo? Where's Marlo? He's like, I put her to bed. And I was like, where's Lita? And he's like, I took her to her friend's house. He's like, go, go get back in bed. (laughs) I got back in bed and slept until nine o'clock the next morning. Holy shit. So I literally, I basically went to bed at 5.30 and then slept until 9 o'clock the next morning. Which I'm sure felt fantastic. I woke up and I just realized, like, I don't even remember. It just hit me so hard, the crash. It has to be what I've been doing for the last six weeks. My body basically said, okay, we are now shutting down and we're not going any further. Stop. Well, and I, I feel like 
maybe not the shutdown, but we've talked about this in some capacity where you that doesn't happen very often. And it sounds weird, but because you don't have a choice, like your body knows you had to pack, you had to move, you had to finish, like there was no option to do that. And all of a sudden, somehow, like it dawned on your brain and your body at the same time that, holy shit, it's a Friday and there's Mm -hmm. someone else here who can help. I can stop. Like, I'm done. I'm done early. This is, this is over. And it, and it worked and it might not happen again for a long time, but I do think that we almost kind of save that up. Yeah, I think we do because we so often don't have a choice. You just sort of push through the the physical and mental and emotional exhaustion. Right. I I think it's because there's no time. There's no time to reflect on it. Yeah. And I know like early on, I, I mentioned that at previous jobs, I'd have, you know, colleagues who didn't have kids or, you know, and or were single or whatever. And they would talk about being really excited to leave work and go home and nap before they did something. And it was such a foreign concept to me. And I think that, I mean, because for one, I just, I couldn't do it, you know, when there's a, when there's a child, but I think it's because, because you can't, and because you haven't been able to for so long, there's just not even room in your brain to consider that it's an option ever for anybody. Like it's, it's not a thing, you know, (laughs) from five to nine though. Damn. Later that day, later on Saturday, I was like, you know, I can't believe I moved all that stuff and like unpacked all that stuff and rearranged all that stuff while I was finishing like the most important project of my life and I just work project. My children are my best products of my life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They are the everything. Yeah. I just. I wondered, like, has anybody else experienced a similar sort of physical crash? Anyway, vocal fry, physical crash. Do you yell at your children? <laughs> I have. I don't. I'm not a yeller normally. I'm I'm the dad with the look. Like, if, if I can make eye contact with Lexton, he will know immediately that whatever has happened was not okay. Like it's, it's, there's no question at all, but there have been times. And usually I feel like I've yelled when I'm probably at my end, like in hindsight, maybe I didn't need to, but there was just, that was it had to happen. Yeah. I think we've all experienced those moments. We've talked about this. We have experienced those moments where we sort of snap, like we've just been, we've hit the wall (laughs) And we may raise our voice a little too loudly at our children and we feel terrible about it. Like we feel so bad, like, okay, I've really scarred my kid for life. Like that was a scarring moment. I know we've all experienced that. I take a tone with my kids. That's, um, <laughs> this goes back to me not being the, uh, the mom who gets on the floor to play blocks. I love my kids and we joke around and we laugh and we share but when it comes to getting things done and, you know, admonishing them for not answering text messages or et cetera, et cetera, I take a very, I'm not harsh, but I would say I'm more militaristic probably than other moms. I'm just like, 
nope, this is what the way you got to do it. Like yesterday, Marla was practicing piano and I'm making her do it herself. And I told the teacher, I said, I, I can't help her anymore with this. I'll sit in the room, but she has to figure it out herself. And she's sitting there dinking around. She's fucking around. She's not doing it. And I just, I was like, Marlo, this is taking three times as long as it would if you would just sit and do your lesson. Start, get your lesson done. You know, it's more of a pointed, listen to me, break out of whatever reverie you're in and get shit done. I don't say get shit done, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I have used I've used that line. Oh yeah. Well, I think you you mentioned something that's a really good point that you know, you have a really great relationship with them and it's fun and you joke around. And I think because you have that relationship, which I think is great and I have a similar relationship with Lexton, but I think when when it's that type of relationship as a parent, you have to you have to have a tone or a look or raise your voice. There has to be some like way for them to tell that it's different. Like, oh shit, this is not, this is not a joke. <laughs> Otherwise yep. it just blends in with everything else. You know, if you kind of joke with Marla, like, oh, come on, let's do your lesson. She's going to keep dicking around because that's the relationship that you have. So she has to realize like, oh, we've now crossed that line. And I need to, I need to do this. It's like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, we have a limited amount of time and you have all of this to do, please. Yep. Last week when they came home and she had yelled at Lita, I walked into her room and she, she was on her iPad and I looked at her and I said, put that down, you know, and she put it down and she looked at me and I said, what am I going to say to you? And she's like, you're going to tell me that I was wrong. I said, no, what am I going to say to you, Marlo? And she's like, that I shouldn't have talked to Lita that way. What else am I going to say to you? That I shouldn't treat anyone that way. Okay, do you understand that? Are we good? Get off your iPad, go downstairs and start your homework. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my take on things. It's, it could be the Southern in me and the way I was raised, where it's just like, we're not going to negotiate the tasks that you have assigned to you unless there is some condition that is dire. But I, I will say that I do not speak to his children in this way whatsoever. Well, and you don't have, though, you also don't have the relationship with them. No. So there's maybe not the need. Okay. I mean, it, you know, it's all case by case. But, and I think right. it really depends too, like as parents, I mean, in, in that case, Marlo knew what you were going to say. Like she, she's fully aware. She knew exactly. <laughs> right. And I, I hit those exact same situations with Lexton and it's, I'm not going to take the time to sit down and talk through it and be understanding when you know damn well what you did and mm -hmm. why you shouldn't have done it. Like at that point you chose to do what you knew was not right. So we don't need to rehash why it's not right. We need to figure out why you're choosing to do it anyway. Like I don't know. There's yeah. just, it kind of comes back to picking your battles in some way. Like I don't, I don't need to keep rehashing this when you're just intentionally doing what you're not supposed to. Did you grow up with any kids whose parents were yellers? Uh, I had one friend whose, whose mom in particular was a, wow. She yeah. was a yeller. I grew up with a few kids whose parents would scream at them. Like frightening. And like it was yeah. scary to be around. 
I don't really ever get to that point. I think sometimes what I'll do is I'll go in my room and I'll scream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, you know, it's it's a stern way that I talk with them that lets them know stay on task because we're all we have to keep this ship afloat and you staying on task is part of is part of your contribution to that. And I did tell you, like Lita, I had picked her up from piano and. As, as much as I hate driving, I love being alone with Lita in the car because that's when we really talk. Okay. And she's like, Mom, like, sometimes I'm with my friends and I see the way that they talk to their parents and I'm shocked. Like, I'm so shocked because if I were to talk to you that way, like, my God, you would kill me. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and her sister, her one of her best friend's moms, who's Ivy, my my friend, Ivy is like, she says to her kids, would Heather let you get away with this? I don't think oh, so. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. But I think the end result, I mean, they're really good kids and they, they do their work and they don't always turn their clothes right side out when they're putting their clothes in the hamper. And but, you wish they did, you know. but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just it. Is it, it they're not, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And you don't necessarily have to, it's not like you're spending most of your day using that tone. And it's not like I'm always giving Lexton the look. And I think that's why it's effective. Because it doesn't happen all the time. So when it does happen, they know. Yeah. I mean, I guess everyone has their own strategy. I don't know. I have, I have friends who don't, they're not really yellers. They don't really have the tone. And I just, in, in my experience, it, it's not working. Like it, I, I mean, and not that their kids are bad by any means, but I can look at situations and say, okay, well, I would have had to say that one time, maybe twice mm-hmm. on a bad day. And you've said it like 10 and nothing has happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not an advocate of just the screaming, but no. You need something. As much as I want to be their friend, I have to be their mother first. Right. And so there has to be that separation of, and they have to know when I'm being very serious about something that's very serious. And because that discipline then, you know, the discipline also involves how to operate in life. It, it, it involves, um, you know, this is how you treat people. This is how you treat friends. This is what's going to happen when you start dating. And these are the rules that are set. This is the curfew. And they need to know that I'm serious for their protection, you know, right. for for the for their protection. Right. Yeah, and that's what I mean. They have to be able to see that difference. And I think yeah. there's like, there's the, there's the overarching role where, you know, you are the mom first and a friend second and I'm the dad first and the friend second. And I think that overarching role can't really change or shouldn't really change. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you have that line between normal day to day and discipline, you can have the moments where right now you're a friend first, like in this moment, in this activity, but they still Mm -hmm. know that overall in general, you're mom before anything else. (laughs) And it's weird. I mean, it's kind of a weird dynamic, but I think it's it's normal. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm super dysfunctional and I'm just hoping that I'm 
normal. No, I think you and I are very similar in the way that we approach this. And, and I think part of it, too, is that we have been forced into this through our circumstances. Like, I was forced to take care of my children by myself for over four years. And in order to keep the ship afloat, like, I had to establish, okay, the this is what is required of you. And I had to stick to it. There's not a lot of room for negotiation. And I think our circumstances are like, okay, <laughs> there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of wiggle room in our schedules. Right. And so we are firm. Yes. That's a, we're, yeah. we're firm. <laughs> when, when you are the person that you have to rely on and you are the person that they rely on, you hold yourself automatically to really high standards. And, and whether that's good or not is kind of irrelevant because that's the position you find yourself. But then I think at the same time, you expect your kids to hold up their end of the bargain and not, not be perfect. But when there are those moments where you know that they know better, mm -hmm. you just don't have a lot of patience for it. Right. Like we are, we're, we need to be a well-oiled machine and you're fucking it up and you know you shouldn't. <laughs> Like you know that this is not the decision you need to be making. Right. I mean, that's that's really just we've said it before. Sometimes kids are they're just dicks because they're learning how to be people. And people are dicks sometimes. Mm -hmm. The metamorphosis of turning into an actualized person can make you sometimes an asshole. Oh yeah. 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 And I yeah. mean, especially like not so much with Lita and Lexton. I mean, it's still there, but especially at Marlo's age, like she's really figuring out where those lines are and how do I cross them and how far can I cross them before it becomes really problematic. It's, it's really just the testing the waters. Yeah. She faces a, a dynamic. So she's the youngest everywhere. Um, she's the youngest of you know, Lita's her older sister. When she's with John, she's the youngest. When she's here with Cowboys <laughs> children, she's the youngest. She's the youngest grandchild on John's side. She's the youngest grandchild on my oh, side. Wow. Yeah. She's the youngest. And so she she's really she re is really trying to figure out her her way and her place for herself. And part of that is pushing buttons intentionally yeah yeah part of that part of that is torturing her sister because somehow that just <laughs> lita gets all the attention because lita's in high school and and does this and does this and does this that's what she said the oh, other really? day and i was like okay i'm sorry that you feel that way but that's not true right i still put you to bed every night and sing you three songs every night four songs every night marlo what i was going to mention though is my father had a temper and I see flashes of that when I get really anxious and I realize that if one thing slips, the whole thing is going to slip. But my dad's temper was ferocious and he was a yeller and he was physical with us, uh, mostly with my brother. Short fuse ferocious or... Yes, a very short. I, I'll, I'll never forget. I write a little bit about his temper in my book and its effect on all of us as kids. And I remember he, my dad is an extraordinarily 
clean and orderly person. And we had a, a foyer with some tile that came into the house, and he was cleaning it on a Saturday morning with a toothbrush, like the grout. He was cleaning it with a oh, toothbrush. wow. And um, <laughs> my brother and I were playing hide-and-seek, and my brother ran not realizing what my dad was doing. And he ran into the closet in the foyer to hide. And my dad like lifted him off the floor and threw him onto the ground and crawled on top of him. Like he was wrestling him and got in his face and was screaming at him about how dare he disrespect him like this. Did he not know what he was doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it was horrifying to watch. So he took it personally yeah huh. my brother was probably you know eight nine years old at the time oh, jesus yeah it was we we all lived my dad's temper has affected us all throughout our lives and we've never wanted to replicate that with our own kids which is why i'm always checking myself to make sure like is that a is that a mike hamilton temper thing going on heather check it check it so is that, I mean, is that a regular thought that comes through your mind when you use your tone or when you explode? Like, are you aware that you could slip? When I, not when I use my tone, it's, it's, let's take, for instance, the week that I was finishing my book, Lita, I, Lita's responsibility was to get off the bus early and walk Marlowe home so that I could have those hours because I needed those hours desperately. And I was in the kitchen on my laptop Suddenly, I can no longer write at my desktop. I have to write on my laptop because that's how I wrote the whole book. So I'm sitting in the kitchen on my laptop, and they both barge in, and Lita is just furious about something. And she's pacing the room, and she like goes and she grabs a glass of water, and she's like, you'll never guess what happened. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. She's like, I missed the bus again. And I just I – just, in that moment, I felt a flash of Mike Hamilton anger, which was like, oh, my God, kid, you are so smart. I don't understand what is going on. Why is this happening? Why is this happening right now? After all that we've been through in the last four weeks with my book due in two days, like, why did, wow, like I had to hold it in. I could feel the rumble in my stomach. And she's like, you're mad at me, aren't you? And I said, no. And I calmed myself down and I was like, no but I'm going to talk to the school and I'm going to go to the school with you tomorrow and we are going to go talk to the person in charge and we're going to figure out what the hell is going on. When she when she just screamed at me that she had missed her bus again, it was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm pushing a fucking rock up the mountain and it's coming back down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, and at the time too, it's like it, and I know we, we've talked about this and it's not her problem, like there's a bigger issue, but you kind of, you kind of get in this headspace, like figure that out, like figure that yeah. shit out. You should be able to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in this case, no, probably not because it is a bigger issue, but it's easy to get into that place. Well, you, you, you're like, please handle this so that I don't have to please handle this right now. Like I need you to handle this. Exactly. Yeah. And she comes home and she hasn't handled it. And uh, it's just like sort of, I just kind of, went out on the porch and took a breather and came back in. And I was like, it's fine. We'll figure this out. I'm sorry that you missed the bus. It's a terrible feeling. Well, you're erupting inside. 
<laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I have definitely taken the... I can't talk to you about this right now approach to things Mm -hmm. when I just, I know logically that I'm going to end up saying something, either something I shouldn't say or wording something just poorly. I'm like, I can't talk to you about this right now. So we're Mm going to move on and we're going to come back to it later. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever said the word calm down about yourself? Calm down. Like I need to calm down before I talk to you about this. I don't know. I don't, think so i don't know that i've used that phrase but i've said like i need a minute i need some time Mm -hmm. because i can feel it and and i think i think that hits at different levels obviously but everybody where you all of a sudden it's like fight or flight yeah and you feel like you're ready to go and you could you could get into this massive argument about something that doesn't require an argument it just happens to be extremely frustrating I i just remember this and it happened yesterday so there's an island in our kitchen. <laughs> this, this ties all this all of this ties in. Do you remember when Lita destroyed my laptop with the bottle of water? Oh, I do. Yes. Yeah, I lost my shit. That was a that was an instance where my Hamilton temper hit, and all I could do was scream. Like I I I lost my shit, and I apologized to her over and over and over again about losing my shit. But I did, I was literally thinking. Oh my God, like my hard drive with all of my stuff, like that wasn't on the cloud. That was in Austin, and I had to buy a new computer in Austin. And they took the hard drive that was in my computer and they were able to save it. So they just handed me my old computer back. Well, we figured out how to get a new hard drive into that computer. So that computer now works. Oh, well, there you go. So. My laptop is on the island because I was working on it that day. And then Cowboy is working on getting the the waterlogged laptop working for Lita. And then he's erasing Lita's hard drive on her old computer so that Marlo can have a laptop. These are all these computers are like Marlo, like Marlo's laptop will, will now be like 12 years old. Oh, yeah. Hand me down electronics. Yes. That's how to do it. So there's three laptops sitting on the kitchen counter and I've moved them so that we can do homework, me and Marlo yesterday, so I can help her with her homework. And I had to run downstairs and put some towels in the in the dryer. And as I'm walking back upstairs, Marlo goes, I spilled some water. <laughs> oh no. Oh God. And I didn't 
like oddly my my immediate thought was please 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 if there is a if there is a mormon god please save me um <laughs> and she's like but i didn't get it on any of the computers i don't think so i ran and i got some paper towels and i walk over and i'm i'm literally thinking in my head if i just remain calm about this and wipe it up like everything's going to be fine and she won't get into she won't start to spiral out of control because she thinks she's done something wrong so i said oh no it's okay you didn't get near the computers i'll move the computers we shouldn't have had them here anyway somehow the, that calm came over me which was like handle it handle it good heather so that she doesn't spiral out of control remember she's been at school all day long she's tired just it's just water that's pretty admirable i learned my lesson <laughs> well it's i think there's that piece too that comes down to like there's i spill water like sometimes mm-hmm. shit just happens even when you're careful yeah and i and i have a tendency where even when it, that is the case where i can still feel myself get super frustrated but the mm-hmm. difference is that i would get just as angry at myself mm-hmm. as i would at someone else so it's right. not that i look at lexton like you're an idiot how did you do that because I, that's exactly what I would say to myself too. So it's not that I think he's worse than I am or, or stupid or anything. It's just I take accidents to heart. <laughs> so you, it's, it's hard to get yourself, especially in the moment, to realize, me like, this is just one of those things mm-hmm. that's going to happen no matter what. Right. She's going to spill. Why do we have the laptops on the, on the, this, the, the countertop? See, that's, that's my doing. That was my doing. And I, I realized in that moment, like, this was stupid to leave the laptops where people are going to eat food. Um, right. Yeah. And you can't ever know that someone's going to spill water, but you can put laptops in a place where it's very unlikely that someone will spill water <laughs> on them. You know. You know, like, I don't ever take my phone into the bathroom ever. <laughs> Never? Have you had a bad mm. experience? I mean, aside from the Fitbit and the porta potty. When, no, I was sexting somebody on a girl's oh, trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I remember you did. You dropped it. In the toilet. Oh, yeah. It fell out of the back of my pants into the toilet because I was so distracted from sexting someone. And um, <laughs> God, I, re- I remember because you were gone and you weren't super near a store, right? No, no. Yeah. I had to drive an hour and a half to to get to a store. I mean, that wasn't bad, but like, I I don't take my phone anywhere near a toilet now. Nowhere near. Nope. (laughs) Which honestly, you don't actually need one in the bathroom anyway. (laughs) I'm not saying I haven't brought my phone in the bathroom, but when you think about it, you really don't need it. No, not unless you are, take a long time to poo. And then you're, you need something to read, Right. I'm not um, one of those people. Argu- arguably, yeah, I guess. I don't <laughs> didn't, I don't have didn't time to take a long time to poop. I know. <laughs> Doesn't exist anymore. Didn't your parents have like a magazine rack next to the toilet with the Reader's Digest in it? Don't you uh, remember we, this? Yeah, we did. Oh my God, it was Reader's Digest too because they were small, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because my dad would go in to the bathroom and not emerge for a half hour. And it's like, what are you doing in there? And then I got married to somebody and had kids with somebody who would do the exact same thing. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing in there? (laughs) But it's this weird, like, 
you say, okay, well, unless you take forever to poop and you need something to read, you're only in there because there is something to read. If you're bored, (laughs) you're not going to sit on the toilet for half an hour. I mean, no one wants to just lounge in a bathroom. (laughs) I hope. I, I don't know. I've never been in a bathroom that nice. God, the Reader's Digest, though. Yeah, they used to have these Reader's short little digest. tiny stories. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how gross that is now. Oh, if you yeah. had a magazine sitting next to a toilet, you know how dirty that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And really, depending on their placement. Gross. <laughs> oh, God. It's funny. I haven't remembered that magazine since you mentioned it. And it, I know that we didn't have like an active subscription. So I would end up flipping through the same damn one or two like, forever. Mm-hmm. I can almost see the cover. <laughs> they uh, had cartoons in there. They had crossword puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Back when leisure pooping was a possibility. <laughs> leisure pooping. <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days. Oh, leisure pooping. You just hang out in the bathroom. It's honestly, and I don't know if it's the placement of of the bathroom in in relation to the floor plan, but I'd say there's still a good 50% of the time that I'm in the bathroom when Lexton will talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like he, he won't even knock. He'll just call to me as if I'm in the kitchen and start a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, oh man. There's not even like peaceful bathrooms anymore. No, I I recall the days when I just couldn't go to the bathroom alone. It was a a luxury to go pee alone. I remember those days vividly. And like, I remember being angry because like John would be able to go have lunch with his friends and he would get to go to the bathroom by himself. (laughs) (laughs) And he would come home and I'm like... I needed to poop earlier, but she was with me, so I couldn't poop, and now I can't poop at all, so... Hope you had a good lunch. Damn it. <laughs> you and your leisurely poops. <laughs> yep. Leisure but they do. They do. There's something about, like, they have this radar, and they can sense. Even now, at 14 and 9, they can sense when I've gone to the bathroom, and that's when they need something. Wait, mom's in the bathroom. Mom! 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 Yeah. It's like the that scene in a Christmas story where they sit down for dinner and every single time the mom sits down, one of the kids asks for something. Like the mm-hmm. second she sits down, she has to get up again. It is like it's that with the bathroom. Like whatever yeah. whatever you had that you could have addressed with me for the last hour can wait in the bathroom, which is already now a turbo bathroom experience. So just give me <laughs> Those few fleeting moments behind a door. Oh man! I and I take the tone when they when they start doing that. I'm like, I am in the bathroom. You will leave me alone. Go away. I will actually say that to them. But do you ever get though, like a? But it's just really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like I don't but want some... a quick conversation in the bathroom. I just don't want a conversation in the bathroom. Yes. It's, that's that's it. I don't. I just don't want to be in the bathroom with anybody. I don't want to be talking to anybody. I yeah. Bathroom to me is a sacred space. <laughs> sacred space. 
it's a just, quick sacred space. It's like yeah. a quick prayer. You close the door, so it's like it's your yes. own. I even close the door when I'm here alone. I even oh, close yeah. the door. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Because I, I don't I, want Coco wandering in. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what would happen too. Like, mm-hmm. the girls wouldn't be there. She'd be like, hey, you need anything? In the bathroom. <laughs> door is open. Do you need a reader's digest? I can go fetch a reader's digest oh, for God. you. <sighs> yeah. But the tone, the tone from the bathroom. Yeah. So maybe I do have a tone because a look from the bathroom doesn't really fly. <laughs> You bore a hole through, right, the, right. through the door with the gaze from your eyes. <laughs> yep. But there is, though, I think, too, if we can exit the bathroom for a moment, the fact that you, at least with me, like I have such a good, a, a friendly relationship with Lexton that there's also times where either maybe I have used a tone or given the look or there's been some sort of confrontation and I want to bring something up again, or maybe it just didn't merit quite, it didn't merit the tone where I, I do get really casual with him about it. I'm like, dude, don't do that. Like, just, yeah. just don't. And I'll, I'll say like, I don't ever say you're being stupid, but I'm like, that's kind of a dumb thing to do. Just don't do it. And I feel like because of that relationship and because I can almost talk to him sort of like a peer that it also helps it register in a different way. Yes. Yes. Like, Lita, you have to have your phone on if you want me to come pick you up. Like, you're going to be stuck at the mall if you don't have your phone on. That's the only reason that I want you to answer a text message is just have your phone on, have the ringer on. Right. Because when you're stuck and you can't get home, what are you going to do? That's the only reason. Do you understand? I'm not trying to punish you. I just want to get you home. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. You could just put Uber and Lyft on our phone. It should be good. Uber home. Well, you're oh, no. supposed to be 18 years old. Are you really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. But I think most drivers are pretty lenient about that. So I don't want to do that, that she has though. it on her phone. I don't want to do that, though, because <sighs> she needs to learn how to navigate. What do you mean? So. Like not getting in a car and just having it take her somewhere. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if we talked about this. The day that she missed the bus and I had the Mike Hamilton flash in my head, like, oh, my God, I, please just take care of this. And I had said to her, we will talk to the person. I'll go with you. We're going to figure this out. And she turned around to me and, and in a huff and a, a temper of a huff, a huff of a temper. She looked at me and she said, you don't understand this because you had it so easy. Oh, and I said, excuse me? And she said, you had been riding the bus since kindergarten, so you knew how to ride a bus. I don't know how to ride a bus. I don't know how to ride a bus. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to figure this out. And she just like goes off into the sprout. I was like, hey, 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 listen. Just so you know, when I was in kindergarten, I, you know how I walk Marlo to school every morning? My bus stop was farther than how, how far I walk Marlo to school in the morning, Lita. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. You have to learn. Have to yeah. learn, kid. Yep. But you had it so easy. You knew how to use a bus when you were my age. And I was like, okay, well, let's let's learn you how to use a bus. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, but I think for her, too, though, I mean, she's so bright that to not understand something. Yes. And, to, and probably, too, in her mind, to not understand something that 
is, and I don't mean this, it's very simple. Like it's not a complex thing. So to not be able to immediately grasp that has to be infuriating for her, especially when it's like there are other things going on that are making it extra difficult. She's, yeah, and she's an overachiever and perfectionist and in 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 some ways, <laughs> oh, the mess in her room. I'm just going to, oh, God. So like a, a perfectionist with books and academics and then... A perfectionist with notes everywhere. There's little pieces of paper with notes written on them everywhere. Everywhere. I'm like, like is any of this important? Very important. It's very important. I know where it is and I know what it says. <laughs> oh, my God. Like academic notes or just everything? Everything. Wow. Just jotting down notes. So And not in her phone. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And she probably and she probably does know where all of them are and what all mm-hmm. of them say. That's the that's the most infuriating. So you know if you threw one out, oh man. That would be the end right there. Oh uh, yeah. Did she uh so let's see, it was it's been a week since we recorded last. Has she missed in the last week or did they finally get that shit sorted out? Did I tell you about the time that she took the wrong bus? Oh, yes. And got off like a ways away, yeah. right? She got off. Um, it took her 90 minutes to walk home because oh, she man. got off way, way far away. I mean, the boundaries for this school are huge, Yeah. Um, relatively speaking. And so it took her 90 minutes to walk home that day. She was unhappy. And so was I. I mean, I, she she was like, I got on the bus. I don't, like, she got on the bus with her friend. And they both realized within minutes that they were on the wrong bus as it was taking a different route. And so she got off where she thought that she knew where she was. And then she had to use her phone to navigate. So I went to school the next day and I talked to the woman and I said, is there, are there two buses with the same number? And she's like, no. And so she showed me the the bus routes, and I think Lita misread the number by one. Ah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, there's a ton of buses. Mm-hmm. And her bus was never in the same place, so. You're going to, they're never in the same place. You have, like, literally five minutes to catch the bus, and then, they, and then they're gone. So yeah. I could totally see, you know. Well, well, hopefully it's sorted. But on the plus side, she used her phone. She found her way home. She did. So she did not she you know. did not call me and say come pick me up. She walked home, which I thought was this is good. Like you're showing up. Like this is what it means to show up. Yeah. Yeah, to figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's an important lesson for her too because it there's never going to be a time in life where there aren't things that are challenging to figure out. And not everything is fair. Like yeah, maybe the bus schedule is chaotic maybe the driver isn't holding up his end of the game but that's never going to change so you have to learn how to you know you don't just suck it up and deal with it always but you have to learn that when things don't work out you can figure them out have to (sighs) way easier said than done though way easier i don't even know if i've learned that yet But as long as she knows that she should really take advantage of the leisure pooping now, <laughs> I mean, that, that is what we should all be teaching our kids. Like someday you will not be able to poop in peace. <laughs> well, they, they, there's, when his children are here, the, the girls, the three of them share a bathroom, you know, so they've got to coordinate 
shower schedules and pooping schedules and all of that. Oh, God. Which I think is good for them because they've always had access to their own bathroom. And navigating sharing a bathroom with someone is kind of an important part of life, kind of. Yeah. I think because once you yeah. once you get to college and if you have roommates in college, like that shit is hard to deal with. You know, yes. roommates in college are ugh. And you immediately know the people who never had to share a bathroom. Yes, I think I think that's it. Like even if you, I don't know, even if you choose to be single for the rest of your life and never have to share a bathroom with someone, it teaches you to be aware. Yes. Of other people and of yourself. It's like it's like the kids that go to college and can't do laundry because mm-hmm. they never had to do laundry. Like they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they leave their shit all over the bathroom because they could. Mm-hmm. Yep. So much to learn still. There's so much to learn. And, and as I get older, I realize just... I remember being so frustrated with my mom. Like, why do you, why does it matter that I left everything out on the countertop? Why? Why does it matter? And now when I walk into that bathroom, the girl's bathroom, and the, the countertop is covered in cords and, and brushes and hair product and toothpaste. And it's just like, there's not even a single inch of space that's not covered with something. It's like, why can't they put this stuff away? Yeah. Why can't they put this stuff away? Yeah. I cannot get my my kids to put their brush in the drawer. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal the brush and hide it. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's the kind of mom I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't do that, maybe. No, probably. And sometimes it's easier. It's just, it's actually more work to not put it back. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, you could... My, the best thing though, is when you finally put things back and then they can't find them because they're actually back where they were, yeah, like where they belong. And now they're, they're lost. I don't, I don't even have a girl, but it's the toothpaste and the toothpaste cap on separate sides of the sink. (laughs) Like the comb, nail clipper. It's just all this shit that would take 10 seconds to put away. Yeah, getting getting them to hang their towel up the right way so oh, that it God. dries. Oh, uh, we just had that conversation last night. Did you really? Yep. Yep. I it, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. well almost because he doesn't he forgets to hang it up. It just sits on his bed, which is nasty. Mm-hmm. So the first step is just hanging it up. Then we're going to focus on how to hang it up so that it actually dries. Which you would think you wouldn't want to use a wet towel if you could avoid it. <laughs> so you'd think that you would just want to do that, but no. No. Uh, they leave wadded up, like, soaking wet rags in the tub. And I guess it's through general human experience. You're like, you can't do that. It, first of all, it's going to ruin the... It's going to ruin... It's going to ruin the washcloth because it's going to get moldy and smell yep. and smell like mold. Like you, you have to wring out the washcloth. I've, I've shown you how to do it like 10 times. Here, try it again. Yep. Just wring it out, like lay it over the towel bar mm-hmm. or the edge of the tub. Like there's 40 places to put it that are not bunched up on the bottom. Yeah. 
There's so much to teach children. Maybe that's what this is all about. Still, even even when they're 14. Mm -hmm. Never ends. And uh, we try to contain our rage. impulses. Rage. <laughs> try to contain the Murderous rage. Murderous rage. <laughs> but sometimes you can't. No. Sometimes and we have to forgive it. ourselves in those moments because we all have those moments when we slip. Oh, yeah. But we would love to hear from you about your experiences with how your parents disciplined, how you discipline. Or total body shutdown. Yeah, <laughs> A whole body shutdown, yeah. your leisurely poops. Right. We would love to hear about your leisurely poops. Yeah, what do um, you do? What do you do in a leisurely poop? Remind us. <laughs> Uh, you get caught up. You get caught up on Twitter. That's you for could, sure. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. yeah. I guess with smartphones, it's really easy to fill the time. But back in my day, Reader's Digest over and over and over. <laughs> As always, you can reach us stories at manicramblings.com and everywhere online. Uh, what are we again? At Manic Ramblings. Yes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and Patreon. And we have a Patreon shout-out, don't we? We do have a Patreon shout-out. How exciting. We really, we are we are trying. I think last episode we uh, we, yeah. we did this a little bit earlier. But uh, thank you, as always, to all of our patrons. It means a great deal to us. And a special shout-out to Ra G. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon and helping uh, bring this show to life every, every week. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you. Really, really, really appreciate your support. And until next time, I am in the bathroom. Leave me alone and go away. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.